Okay, I, I expect we'll probably finish early. Uh, yes, we're having Boston butt pulled pork at my brother's house tonight. And if it's anything like it was last time, it will be wonderful. So uh, uh, it, it is Father's Day. Today is June 18th, 2017. Uh, I believe I'm, only, I'm the only male on here, so I'll wish myself a happy Father's Day. But uh, anybody that might be listening, happy Father's Day to you. And uh, today we are discussing the book. It's a classic, The Jungle by Upton Sinclair. Uh, I... I did read the Wikipedia article about uh, Upton Sinclair, and I also listened to the afterword of the uh, Bard book that I read for today's uh, discussion of the jungle. And I'll try to give a little bit of background. Upton Sinclair was born in 1878 and died in 1968, so he was 90 when he died. Uh, lived a pretty long life. Uh, uh, this His book, The Jungle, was probably his most famous work, although The Brass Check, I think, was another one he wrote that dealt with uh, yellow journalism and newspaper publishing, I guess. So I think it might have been pretty popular as well. But The Jungle, which was published in 1906, had uh, a, a pretty broad uh, and, and pretty widespread impact i think because of what it dealt with and because there's a lot of meat eaters in the world i guess and they weren't too happy about uh uh what all it discussed and as we know uh from those of us who read it uh i have to admit i chuckled at one of the poems he said that became fairly popular at the time uh, uh mary had a little lamb and it began to sicken. She shifted all off to Packingtown, and they labeled it a chicken. So, uh, <laughs> uh, uh, you know, I'm laughing now, but uh, uh, I, I, I have to say, I hope things have gotten a lot better than it was described in this book, because it was fairly horrendous. And I even remember being in high school and a guy that he was a lot he was a lot better read than I was at the time, but. Uh, he used to talk about the jungle and and how horrible it was. So uh, uh, after reading it, uh, I, I can see where it was, where he was coming from, because uh, uh, it, it, it 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 was horrible. And I'm trying to decide whether the treatment of how the meat was being processed was worse, or how the treatment the treatment of the immigrants uh whether that was worse it's all horrible and uh i'm looking forward to 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 getting y'all's comments on this book because uh uh it it it, it, it was horrible i might could have done without maybe some of the socialism part i mean you can kind of see where upton sinclair's political leanings were toward the end of the book uh uh and uh uh, I guess we can talk some about that as well. But uh, he he also uh, he he ran for Congress, I think, a couple of times. Even I mean, he was a member of the Socialist Party, I guess, according to Wikipedia, from early 1900s to the early 1930s. He actually ran for governor of 
New York. I don't remember what year it was, but he made a pretty strong show and he got beat. But I think he got like 800 something thousand votes. Uh, but he, he did that. He ran that, he ran for the, for the, that bid where he did his best was as a Democrat. So, uh, anyway, that's about all I have to say about him. Uh, uh, I have to tip my cap to him for bringing this, uh, uh, this, the meat packing and w- what it was like to everyone's attention. So, uh, uh, he started out, uh, I think, as a journalist, but he he wrote several novels and uh, other stuff as well. But uh, I'm going to release the mic and just see what comments you guys have to say about the jungle. Well, uh, there is a book on Bard. I mean, on um, Bookshare that is the jungle, the unces- uncensored unexpurgated version and it's what they poured, put in the in the papers you know the, it was run as a serial and being the weirdo that I am I set it uh, the task to read both of them to see exactly where they were different uh, there are at, at least over a third of the book was cut and the things, they were cut because they didn't think the American public could handle it. And they probably couldn't. It was, it was, I have to read a light book to get over it. It, it uh, I still, I love the book. I love what it, I mean, I don't love the, the material because um, it's, it's awful. But the fact that he had enough courage to bring it to the attention of the government, and there was they were they were about to vote down a, a, a pure food and drug act, and this made it uh, mandatory that it uh, be passed. Well, I love the book too. Um, I read it many many years ago, and. I remember when I read it, how it struck me. I read it in Braille. It was 15 Braille volumes. And somehow, I mean, I remembered a lot of things about it, but rereading it, it just brought everything back to me. And I kept wondering, you know, we don't know what really goes on in the plants and in the packing places and everything. And and the immigrants today, in 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 a lot of areas, are treated s- still treated so badly. So um, this really got to me too, Mickey. And uh, I also have been thinking about it, and and just the the horrors that the people went through and, and not having clothing and, and the babies that died and Yurkis's little one that fell into the water and Ona, I think her name was, his wife, what she went through and, and just his writing was so I mean, you just, 
you could just imagine and you were like you were it was as if you were living with the people I mean they were cold freezing cold I was freezing cold they were too hot I was too hot I mean I would like to see if there are more of his books available uh, definitely I would like to read the unexpurgated version do you know the author of that I feel like going to Bookshare right after this and getting it, but I don't know if I can take it either. Um, the socialist stuff at the end, well, you know, I'm not really that much of a political person. I would have liked it if the book had ended at the end of the story, because that was enough. But I did read the entire book, um, socialism well as I said I'm not really a political person so um, of course I studied socialism when I was a kid and um, I read a lot of this but it was just it just made the book too long as far as I was concerned he could have just not included it but um, he he had a uh, what would you say, a, a vision uh, for people because he didn't want to see there being extremes of, of any kind. And, and, and I agree with that. I mean, here we have poverty-stricken people that have to live on practically nothing. And... Um, and as I was reading it with the me thing, I kept thinking, um, what are they really doing to our meat today? Because even though there's a Pure Food and Drug Act, they don't have as many inspectors, and you don't know who's being paid off, and the whole thing of corruption, and uh, the more things change, the more they stay the same. So I eat my chicken and enjoy it but then say oh my god is this really chicken yeah I, I read this book a really long time ago and I kind of skimmed through it again I didn't read the whole book again but I, I, I like Joni I, I did remember some of it um, I think that the thing about socialism at that time at the beginning of the 20th century it was pretty common that it would be in, in different books. I think it was, you know, it was a, I don't want to say a trend, but it was like a force in, in society. Um, I know I read a book not so long ago by Jack London, and it was the same thing. It went on and on and on about socialism. And I was thinking, Jack London, you know, Call of the Wild and, and everything like that. What is he talking about socialism? But I think it was a really prevalent movement at the time and you can understand it because of the, the ways that, that people had to live um, whenever I think about this subject I, I'm i not a great cook and I often wish that I was a better cook because if I was I would probably you know strongly lean towards vegetarianism and you know maybe just eating fish and, and dairy and eggs but eliminate chicken and beef because it's so horrendous I'm sure even today, the way that, that this food comes and 
it's just it's horrible I mean it's just when I think about it I say to myself how could I even eat these food so you know it's just I, 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 I on one hand you know it's the convenience of buying it and it's not hard to repair and whatever and if you're a vegetarian you know getting protein sources sometimes is, is really difficult um, unless you're a really good cook so um, it's it's you know it's, it's interesting to read a book from from so long ago and it still has a really strong impact I mean you know that you're reading something that, that really is a classic. Well, Joni, the title, the, the author was Sinclair Lewis. It's uh, just the one that he published uh, in the, uh, the socialist paper, and it was, an, it was serialized. And uh, there were things in there that, for example, one woman, according to him, had a baby and couldn't stop working. And she just took the baby and set it, dropped it onto the conveyor belt, and they just caught it in time. Um, people were desperate. People were, and then the end of the book is him going to prison for two years. And and I, I really needed a um, um, a light book, you know, because it just shatters you. Um, and I think I'll be quiet now. Yeah, I, I mean, the book, really, I can imagine uh, reading one with, with all the stuff that got cut out. Uh, you know, I guess, I think Doubleday was the one that published this originally and stuff. So I, I'm sure they, they decided to, to take the, the, the paring knife to a lot of the stuff that they thought people wouldn't be able to handle. But uh, uh, there was enough, e- e- even after it was cut. Uh, uh, but... Having said that, I still had a hot dog for supper last night, so it must not have done too much to me. I, I did the vegetarian thing for about four years, and then at the first of this year, I decided I was going to be uh, – uh, I, I did it because I read that book, Eating Animals, by Jonathan Safran Four, and just it, – it, it was uh, an, an – you know, feeling for animals that, that uh, kept me off of uh, – of meat for a while, but you know, like I said, I'm I'm eating it again, so it must not have had, must not have stuck with me. But uh, uh, this book is just, uh, uh, you know, there, I have to, like I said, I have to tip my hat to Upton Sinclair because he uh, he brought out a lot of stuff that needed being said, I guess, at the time, and I'm glad. It's always the people that 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 get out and, and wave a flag and try to bring things to people's attention that deserve our respect and stuff. Because what, whether you agree with him politically or not, a lot of what he put in this book needed to be said at the time, I'd have to say. And, uh, uh, and, and I think the problem, you know, I, I'm a capitalist at, at the end of the day, not to say that, uh, that it is necessarily the best form of government and stuff. But ultimately, in my heart, I guess, you know, being raised as I was raised, I believe that uh, the best society is one where you reward people for for putting their best foot forward. I'm, and, I, and, and I I still believe that capitalism does that. Not that I agree that all the people that control all the, the power and everything are, are right, because I believe absolute power corrupts absolutely, regardless of whether it's a capitalist society, whether it's a communist society, whether it's a socialist society. I believe there's you're going to have people that are that are in charge 
that are that are trying to game the system t- to their own benefit regardless so i'll i'll leave that as my political reflections but uh 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 this book is good to read i think for everybody and uh uh I will say Jenny did comment. She said she read it over 30 years ago and, and, uh, it stuck with her too. She didn't read it again, but, uh, uh, that was her comments up in the text chat. So for those that didn't read it, but, uh, we will definitely be reading something lighter next month. And, uh, uh, Mickey, (laughs) Mickey, I have to, I have to say you're a brave soul to have gone out and gotten the, uh, the unadulterated version of this that uh, wasn't at all cut and read it and, and, and read it. So uh, uh, I, I suspect you'll probably be eating vegetables for a while. You know, it's, it's so interesting because I, I saw this documentary not so long ago by Michael Moore, who probably everybody's familiar with. He was the one who did Bowling for Columbine. And it was called um, Where to Invade Next. And what he did was he went over to Europe, and certainly Europe's having a lot of problems now. But he went from country to country, and his goal was to steal the best ideas that that country had and bring it back to the United States. So it was kind of, you know, like in jest. But it's interesting because a lot of different countries, their focus is a little bit more humanitarian, I think, sometimes than the United States. You know, their, their focus is good nutrition for kids at school, like they had in France, they were, these kids, you know, they were little kids. They were eating like these four-course meals that was their school lunches. And in Italy, you know, everybody got like five weeks vacation every year. And the most impressive one, I think, was in Norway, Norway or Finland, where they showed their jail system, which is very, very different than our jail system here. Um, and it's interesting because it, it's kind of like sometimes I think here the focus is so much on making money and succeeding and being successful that we lose sometimes that that sort of feeling for our our neighbors and and you know the feeling for people i think who are less fortunate in society um and so i I do wonder sometimes if you know if our country could gear a little bit away from that capitalism um and you know a little not not totally but a little bit less um and then um, the other thing was I've, I've gone a few times um, here in New York City. They have the Lower East Side Tenement Museum, and it's really interesting listening. They, they take you um, – it's not a big museum. It's a really small museum. They take you to – basically, they have two apartments set up, one like it would be like in the 1870s or 1880s and one in, let's say, the 1910s or 1920s. And they're really, really small apartments, and people had very large families then because there really wasn't any birth control. And, you know, they they would show you these apartments were often like they were like a kitchen, a living room, and one bedroom. And there might be eight people or ten people or something living in the apartments. And they describe all the different ways that people lived. And probably, you know, I bet there are people that live in New York City the same way because they were saying, you know, at that time it was a lot of Eastern European people, but now... Their, their new exhibits are going to be more like Spanish language oriented or Asian oriented because they're, they're the new immigrants who, who came to this area. But it's, it's, it's really interesting when you think about the ways people live, the hardships they had, the lack of sanitation, um, all the diseases. Um, it's, it's, it's really, you know, it was, a, it was in a lot of ways, it was a really, really difficult life. Um, and, um, you know, it's, it's hard to imagine sometimes, definitely. 
Well, Wisconsin was a socialist state. We had Milwaukee had a socialist mayor from 1910 to 1951, I think, or 60. And things were they ran really well in that people were watching out for people. You can you can still walk down the street and say hi to a neighbor, and he's not going to think you're weird, which they did in Columbus. Um, you can you can um, uh, there's there one of the things you know you're from Wisconsin if and if it uh, you know you're from Wisconsin if you dial a wrong number and you hang up 20 minutes later. Um, it, it just is a different attitude. It's a more um, people-oriented. And I think we retained most of it. And I guess it makes me a little left of center, but um, that's the way it goes. Well, yeah, I, 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 and that's good. And, and I, you know, it, it, it's difficult because uh, I, I'm afraid a lot of the uh, uh we're moving away from i think with with technology as it advanced and these phones and stuff uh you know people are able to communicate a lot more but they're communicating face to face a lot less it seems like and i, and I think that's bad uh and I, and I and i'm not getting off into religion but i am going to mention something that ties in with what michelle said uh you know we're, we're you know i went to i went to church today and i'm not getting off into christianity or this and that and other but but our we're just we're discussing the the fruits of the spirit of you know about trying to be you know kind of you know fruits of the spiritual love and joy and on and on it goes and the the teacher pointed out you know that i think our society makes it harder to practice some of that stuff and i think a lot of the reason it's harder to practice it because i i think capitalism and the profit motive flies in the face of a lot of that stuff because it's hard to be kind to your neighbor and to be uh you know social and all all that that kind of stuff calls for when you're so busy trying to make a buck and trying to you know put the profit motive above everything else and you know i i think it really does i think it makes practicing some of this stuff hard and harder and but that's the society we live in in this country i think people are a lot kinder and, and I know I'm I'm simplifying and overgeneralizing, but I for one believe that I think the people over in Europe or other other parts of the world are better at at being nice to their fellow man than we are over here. For whatever that's worth, you, know, you can tell me I'm full of it, but hey, uh, that that just that, that's kind of how I am, or that's kind of how I'm uh, seem to be believing these days. And I'm to the left of center too, though. So there you have it. Bob had an interesting line. He would say to me, you know, Alexander Graham Bell made the telephone so that people could talk to people and not use the telegraph. They wouldn't have to write to people. They wouldn't have to type a letter to people. Now what do we do? We text. Are we going backwards? Well, you know, I said that I would never learn to text. I, I thought texting was awful. And I have an iPhone, and I learned how to text on it. And, oh, my gosh, I really love texting. And I said, Joan, what's happening to you? You are a phone person. My God, I made my living using the telephone for all these years. And I still talk on the phone a lot. But the texting is very convenient. 
but it's true when you're out with a bunch of people and they're all texting and they're not talking to each other but they're on their phones and they're texting to other people or to each other it's it's very rude or when you're out with people and they're talking on their phones and you're sitting there and they're talking to other people and it's like you're not even there it's it's a crazy world we live in and I love my texting because it's convenient it's quick but I will never ever give up my my precious telephone yeah it's so interesting because so few people that I know now want to talk on the telephone like everybody wants to email or text or or whatever, and um, I belong to a couple of groups in this area. One of them is a support group, and I figured, well, this is a group where people are going to want to talk on the telephone. <laughs> All the people that I belong to in the group, none of them want to talk on the telephone, and it's so it's so funny because in a weird sort of a way, I became acquainted with this person who has the same eye condition as me, but she lives in Canada. And she and I talk on the telephone, and we have these really long conversations about our conditions and how it impacts on things and whatever. And all the people that live locally, you know, who you would think you would want to talk on the phone and and be more involved, they don't want to. So it's, um, I don't know, I love the telephone. I like to hear people's voices. I, I even like when we're on Accessible World and you get to hear people's voices. This is so much nicer to me than if we all typed our comments um, which I know there are those kind of book groups online where people type comments, but at least, you know, even though we're not all in the same room, at least we get to hear everybody else's voices and you, you feel like you get to know people a little bit. So I, I, I don't know if it's a generational thing, that it's just if you're older, you like the telephone, and if you're younger, you're just not used to it. But I, I really miss talking to people on the phone a lot, actually. Yeah, I do too. I'm always ready for a phone call. Um, But to bring us back sort of to the topic, I had a friend who probably 30 or 40 years ago worked for a fish processing uh, place, and he said when they they were making fish sticks, they uh, swept, I'm motioning here, (laughs) they um, swept the shavings of the fish from the floor and used them and the more or less fish sawdust and used them as uh, as uh, put them in the fish uh, sticks so I doubt if it's ended and I doubt if it'll hurt us much because you know there we've we've got a one-way trip well every time I have chicken I think about the way that they make chickens which is horrible where they behead the chickens and and they're alive when they do this so it's it's really hard it's very difficult if you know even a little tiny bit about what they do with chicken and meat i think to actually eat it and every time i have chicken and meat i feel tremendously guilty <laughs> i really do and it's like i just it's like i just don't want to do all that food preparation there's if you're a vegetarian there's so much food preparation. You spend your whole life making these casseroles, and you have to soak the beans, and it's just so much food preparation. And I don't want to go out to eat every single meal. I mean, it's expensive, and it's it's not the easiest thing to do. So it's, it's a really difficult situation, I think, to be respectful 
and because the way that they do the way that they and, and we're not the people that are making the chicken it's not like we're hunting you know the chickens or the beef or whatever we're not doing it ourselves but it's it's you know i don't know it's it's it's, it's a hard situation i think yeah I, I suspect that uh none of us would eat if we if we were privy to all the details of what goes on and to to how stuff is is prepared and 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 i suspect there's probably even horror stories on some of the the you know the vegetables and stuff like that too i mean you know sometimes ignorance can be bliss but uh uh uh, anyway and then i also got a comment that you know texting is great and email is great and I'm I'm afraid we're gonna we're gonna lose words and stuff because seems like the cider world all they want to do now is video and stuff and take pictures and stuff. But uh, 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 the, there there is a time and a place for everything. And, and the problem is, uh, you know, if if we have to, uh, you, know, you know, teach manners to people, uh, you know, when, when you go out with people, that's the time to put the phones and and the junk away. And that's when you're you know when you're out with somebody, you need to talk to people, and you know, you know. Put your phone away, and 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 you know if if you're having to tell somebody that, look, it's not appropriate to text or when you're at the movie or when you're out with a meal with people, uh, th- that's just pathetic. You have to tell people that, but that's what it's come to. But uh, anyway, I, I I'm curious about one one thing. I want to comment about the book. I, I was just amazed that that your uh, Jurgis, that's his name, Jurgis, decided. You know, when when he was out living on the land and going out into the farms, I mean, there was an uns, uh, unending supply of work for him to do. You know, why did he decide to go back to the city after all that? I never, I never was really clear. Maybe I missed part of it, but uh, you know, he was going from farm to farm and stuff, and you know, they all wanted to hire him because there was no work out there. I mean, there were there was no labor, and you know, he kind of like could name his own price. It seemed like, and I'm thinking. Man, these people were so nice to him when he was out there and, and you know doing the ag stuff. And uh, why did he choose to go back to 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 uh, the city and stuff after uh, life seemed to be so good when you know when he when he was out working uh, working on the farms and stuff? I was a little confused by that. And then uh, uh, and then he went back and then he got into the, the bad you know the underbelly of you know he was stealing and stuff like that. And I thought, huh. I'm having a hard time reconciling some of this stuff. I was curious what y'all thought about that. Well, I got to tell you that picking pickles, picking cucumbers, and picking beans, and picking peas, and uh, taking the eggs away from the chickens is not easy work. Um, And I've I've done it, um, and it was okay, but it isn't something I would want to do. Um, this was something he knew, and he felt uh, capable of doing it, and he had the strength that he felt he needed to enforce. Um, but but you get in a pickle patch, and you might as well be wearing armor because the mosquitoes are going to eat you alive. Well, I think that after he lost his wife, he lost everything. He was a very, and the baby, he was a very, very unhappy man. And nothing, he wasn't happy uh, 
he thought he would be happy in the rural areas. He wasn't. He wasn't happy in the city. He stole. He, he did all these things. And because his life, I think, kind of ended when he lost his wife and, and son. Well, yeah, I, I, I'd have to agree with that. I mean, I, I don't know how he was able to even go on after, after that, after he, he lost his wife and then uh, he lost his, his son, which was which was just horrific. I mean, uh, uh, and, and then, you know, I, I don't know. I, I guess the thing that struck me about it is these people were so taken advantage of and, and they were just uh, there were, you know, I mean, I'm not going to get off into economics with supply and demand and stuff. I mean, but the fact of the matter is when the supply of workers is, you know, 10 to 1 of what they need, then then that's when that's when you're going to be able to take, be taken advantage of. And it just uh, uh, I'm not saying ag work is easy. I, I know working out on a farm has got to be horrific. But but, gee, I mean, it, it sure seemed like it would be it would be better to 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 be working out there. When you're you're not trying to claw over your fellow man because there's so many of you that are willing to do anything, it, it was just horrific. Uh, and, and I don't know, there aren't any easy answers. But then, I thought it was just pathetic at the end too when he fi- when he finally met up with Maria again, and she made the comment, you know, she, here she is prostituting herself, and uh, she makes a comment that that Ona would have would have been able to care for everybody if she'd have just sold herself. It just would have been so much better that way. It's just. I don't know that that that, that kind of misses a lot of the stuff too. I mean, it's more than just uh, about making a buck sometimes. But uh, uh, you know, I don't know. We're supposed to live in the greatest country in the world, but I think it all depends on your perspective on, on who's telling the story and stuff. And it's just uh, uh, if you've got money and, and and you're relatively comfortable, then yeah, the, the country can be great. But uh, if if it was done on top of your backs and stuff like a, like it was for a lot of the immigrants, I think it, the story is totally different. Yeah, I mean, I think you could even apply that to today because if you think about, uh, there are so many situations now where people try to get full time jobs, and a lot of employers don't want to hire people full time anymore. They just want to hire them on a part-time basis. They want to hire them without benefits. They don't want to give you medical benefits. They don't want to give you certainly pensions. I mean, uh, I'm not going to go into it, but pensions are being taken away like crazy. That, you know, a lot of people who thought they were going to have a pension, they're not going to have a pension. And it's 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 not, you know, in certain ways, it's, it's, it's very, very... I think it's really difficult sometimes to live in this kind of society because unless you're somebody who is educated and often just being educated it's not even enough you need like to have contacts you need someone to help you help you find your way into a job and stuff like that and i think that there was there was prosperity more maybe in the 50s and the 60s and and so on and we've lost those kind of gains and there's so many people now that are underemployed there are so many people that have really difficult just getting, you know, good health insurance and, and things like that. So they, it may not be the same like, you know, living in really close quarters, you know, in the immigrant way, but I think a lot of people have a lot of things. And the stock market, for some reason, continues to be so high, which I don't even understand because I don't, I don't think overall so many people are, are really doing that well now. Well, 
Um, I forgot what I was going to say because the phone rang. The, um, the other book stressed the idea that education was important, that these people were undereducated, therefore could be taken, care, uh, taken advantage of. And they did not do that in this one. Uh, um, I mean, not, not to the extent that they did. Uh, he really was aiming at trying to get people educated and, and able to know what they were doing for themselves and, and making the right contacts and, and just being civilized. And every group of immigrants that has come to this country, except the British, were um, maligned, were held back, um, the Irish, the Jews, the Chinese, the Germans, the Italians, the French, every one of them have been held back because of their nationality, their differences. And what we're really dealing with is differences in culture. And uh, praise be the great melting pot. Well, yeah, that, and that's true. I mean, and I, and I think the, I mean, I, I think the, the crux of it is that uh, uh, in our society, you know, right, wrong, or indifferent, you know, uh, you know, people are going to be taken advantage of when they can, uh, you know, and, and you know, if, if you could, if taking advantage of it's going to make you a, 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 you know, more of a, you know, a bigger buck and a faster buck. Uh, we do it over here, uh, you know. And I think that's just the, that's just the long and the short of it. So, uh, uh, you know, but th- then I then I had to chuckle at this book too, because I'm thinking, you know, there, there's always going to be a number of problems in 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 society and culture and stuff. That's that's just the fact of the matter. You know, it, there there aren't there never are any e- easy answers because. You know, they were talking about they were trying to break the strike, and I thought it was kind of humorous that Upton Sinclair, you know, talked about the blacks that were there and the African Americans that were there trying to help with the work, and every one of them had 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 stolen one of the knives and they were carrying around in their boots and stuff. And I'm thinking, wow, man, that, that, that's that's just another another reflection on uh, a, a different uh, societal problem and stuff. And he decided to. To you know, to point fingers in, in that direction. I'm thinking, yeah, yeah, we've all got our, our issues to grind, I guess, that, that, that we're going to be involved with. But uh, uh, I, I had to chuckle when I read that because I, I thought that was kind. I thought that was kind of humorous. And here, here he's 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 wanting to throw. He's casting aspersions in a different direction and stuff. While it's quiet, can I ask a totally off subject uh, question? I would like to know what a Boston butt is and why a Boston butt is different from, for example, a Mississippi butt. I'm not a cook. I'm 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 kind of uh, I've got less cooking experience than Michelle does, I'm sure. So I don't know how to answer that. Uh, uh, but uh, it's it's pork is what it is. And uh, what makes it from Boston? I have no clue or, you know. Uh, why it's uh, different than a Mississippi butt. I, I, you know, I don't know. I think all butts are great. Maybe the pigs came from Boston, were sent to Chicago for slaughter or whatever they they did to them. I don't want to know. And um, who knows? I should ask Alexa. I will. I will. I will do some research tonight and see if I can find get, get an answer. But uh, uh, 
I, I'm thinking this is a good time to. I mean, we've kind of slowed down on our discussion since we're 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 venturing off into all of, all of. You know, I mean, you know, p- p- pick a societal problem, and you know, and th- this book covered a lot of it, and I, th- I thought he did a really good job with the writing. I have to say, uh, uh, I have to give, I have to, I have to tip my my hat to Mr. Sinclair because he he did a good job with it, and. Uh, 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 and brought stuff to the to attention that needed uh needed to be focused on but next month i don't have the db number but we're talking uh the book is a dog's purpose by w bruce cameron and it will be much lighter than this month's discussion because i know i love dogs i know michelle loves dogs and i'm sure there's others out there that love dogs too so uh I'm looking forward to this book. I've not read it. I know it was very popular. It was written in 2010, and I know it was uh, extremely popular. So I think we'll have a good discussion. So I hope y'all will all come back to discuss it. Is is a dog's purpose, is that about guide dogs, or is it more like a general book about dogs? No, it is not about di- guide dogs. I think it's about a dog uh, that lives uh, through three or four different lives and stuff so uh i don't know what your take is on reincarnation in the animal world but uh i i think that's what it's about and stuff trying to find its way and uh stuff so maybe mickey can say more well he's a humor writer and uh, so god knows what's going to come out um and and both of us are all of us well most people love dogs um and we just thought that would be an interesting thing to read, sight unseen. But uh, I'm going to enjoy it. Yes, uh, I think I'm going to enjoy it, too. I, ha- I had it on my wish list. So I wanted it to I, – I've got so much stuff on my wish list, it's not getting read because I'm in too darn many book groups. But uh, I think it's good to be in a lot of book groups because it makes me read stuff I wouldn't normally read. But then uh, I can only read so much. So every now and then I try to – to work one in that I've got that, that I wanted to read for pleasure to, to include on a, on a book group. So that way I can kill two birds with one stone. Uh, not that I want to kill any birds at all. So uh, I love animals. So there you go. But anyway, uh, I appreciate everybody for coming today. I know we're, we're, we're wrapping up now uh, and I'm getting ready to leave. So thank you all for coming. Thank you for your comments. I, I very much enjoyed the discussion as I always do. And Alan, happy Father's Day. And thank you. This book, really, I'm glad that we read it. I'm glad I read it again because uh, I read it a long time ago. And uh, now I'm going to have to read the unexpurgated stuff if I can. I don't know. Yes, thank you. It was a really good discussion. Um, have any of you read, because I know this group reads nonfiction, have any of you read that book, Hillbilly Elegy? by J.D. Vance that everybody seems to be talking about. I haven't heard about it, but uh, happy Father's Day and enjoy the Boston butt. Yes, I have read that, Michelle. I read it for another... uh, uh, I was in part of a Cincinnati book group that we did over the phone, and we talked about Hillbilly Elegy. I thought it it was okay. I mean, it's written by an Ohio guy, uh, or he grew up in Ohio, I think, uh, and uh, it, it, it it was okay. I, I didn't think it was great, but uh, uh, and I can't really tell you the why. Why I can't tell you I didn't think it was great, but 
I had some comments about it when we talked about it, but it's been a couple of months now, and it's starting to fade on me. But, uh, uh, I mean, it, it, it was decent. But but he went on. He grew up, like, in, in the uh, – uh, I think he was born near maybe the Appalachian part of – of jeez, uh, I can't even name it now. But he grew up in Ohio, and uh, – uh, but he he got educated at, at he, either Yale or Harvard. One one of the maybe maybe it was Yale, but uh, he he kind of pulled himself up out, out of some of that stuff. But but you know it was it was interesting. So uh, I'm going to leave it at that. But I have read it. But but it, I, I didn't think it was great. <laughs>